0: What up, what up, what up. Real Fans Podcast. Back at again another week in the books. We're here. I'm your boy, Gabe. That's Julian. Julian, say what's up to people.
1: What's up, people? What's up, people? I like the shirt, Gabe. I've been trying to get a jersey version of that. I got, I got the, the hat.
0: I had to support my boy. to get a uh, Chisholm. Chisholm Jr., you know, going to represent Miami, even though they're playing terrible. But, but we'll get to that later. We'll talk about a little baseball later. Um, let's talk about the biggest thing going on in sports. The NFL. NFL never stops making news every week. We, we have to talk stops. about it. Top of the top of the agenda. It's our A block. NFL news. Uh, we're in the middle of training camps. I think they started doing like, uh, some teams started doing, uh, I saw the Miami Dolphins, they uh, played Tampa uh, as a practice, practice run, but we're getting gears in football, which is Julian's favorite kind of football. And uh, news coming out of Jacksonville. <laughs> the Jaguars plan to play their starters, including Trevor Lawrence. And the running back, Travis, name I refuse to say because ETN. I always get wrong when I say it. ETN. Uh Julian, do you think this is a mistake on behalf of the Jaguars? Like, why, why are they starting their starters? I mean,
1: what, what is nah, this? Nah, you need reps. I mean, everybody, everybody's going to be starting starters, except for, like, unless your name is, like, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Um, I don't know. I can't think of an old guy who's playing right now. But unless he's, like, super, like, you know, huge veterans. Like I think everybody's pretty much going to be playing their starters for the most part. Um, I think they need the reps. You know, you got a new coach, You got, you got a new system. Some players are coming back. I I just want to see two drives in and out. And what, what only one of them has to be successful. If they get two disappointing drives, then I'm gonna be kind of upset. But I just want two drives. As long as one is successful and we we make some plays, it looks good. Um, and then get out of there, Etienne. I wanted to see him run the ball maybe like a couple times and then pull him out. Like, don't even risk it anymore. Last thing we want is another preseason injury with this man. He missed his entire rookie season last year after being drafted in the first round. Um, I want to see him actually play. He's going to be a big part of the offense, he's going to be that safety net uh, for Trevor Lawrence. So and we can't afford to have him go down because James Robinson is still recovering. He's supposed to be back this season, but he's still slowly recovering. So we don't want to be running out starting the season with a third string running back. So, but no, I don't think it's a mistake. I'm sure, uh, dolphins are going to do the same thing. Every other team, like all these younger guys who are going to be playing, they're going to, I think everybody's going to do it. I've actually been meaning. I want to go check out the new facility over at the dolphins, uh, practice fields. I heard it's nice. Um, I know yeah. all the uh all the all the training camp practices that are like sold out. They sell out like they've been selling out the past two years. And fun fact, I don't know if you saw this gabe, dolphins sold out um season tickets for the first time in like 20, 30 years, something like that.
0: Yeah, man. So the truth has come.
1: The truth <laughs> going on. on.
0: Expect <laughs> expect us. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. Dolphins camp. I, mean, I think it's crazy. Just in general, we're talking about you know starters, whatever. It's always preseason. You know, expect a couple drives. Um. But you know, I'm seeing like a lot, especially in linemen. Uh, we're playing that Tampa game. They're playing practice. Uh, Max matchup. Uh, I think there was a lineman that got hurt. One of the Tampa uh, linemen got hurt. Uh, I've seen like uh Jason Kelsey is needing surgery. Uh, he's the center. Uh, for was the Eagles right? Still, still plays for the Eagles. Um. So you're seeing a yeah. lot of guys get injured, you know, I, I don't, honestly, man, preseason, I honestly don't care. Like, stuff with Tua, you know, you talk about uh, the Dolphins camp, uh, stuff with Tua, all these passes, these people recording video, they're not supposed to record, they don't want anybody recording video at the facility, people do it anyways, and you're seeing these bombs, uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, bomb over Xavier Howard, See, um, so I just don't want anybody to get hurt, man, like, it's great to hear all this stuff, like especially you know, Miami Dolphins are getting hyped. Uh, Jaguars, they're supposed to be hyped. They're, we're a year and a half past hype with the yeah. firing of their coach. So Speaking I of it's training facilities, they're
1: going to get their new one. I was yeah. going to say they're going to get their new uh, facility next year. Right now, they're training out of a high school across the way um, because they're constructing the new practice fields, which is going over what the old practice fields were. So I'm gonna have to check that out next year. For sure, they're actually going to add some shade, you know, because before, I mean, trying to be out there in those July, August summers in Florida with no shade on a metal bleacher. Those things are brutal, but um, I'm glad to see you do that. But like preseason as a whole, it's like it's. It depends, like, I guess, on the situation. Like, last year, I was a little bit more hyped because there's so much building up. get to see your rookie quarterback play a little bit. Um, I'm still a little excited to kind of see, like, I, I like kind of seeing the fringe guys, like, seeing guys, like, make names for themselves. Like, all right, let's see what we can do here, um, kind of whatnot. But then when it gets towards the very end of the games, that's when it gets, like, pretty rough, especially in the first week. Um, once you get towards the, uh, you know, obviously, they ramp it up as it goes. So, you might do a couple drives your first PCC game, second game, you might play till halftime. And then like the third game, they would play to like the third quarter. Um, so, but yeah, I I like it. Uh, I don't take too much out of it though, for when it comes to the starters, like I'm not going to like worry about like them having bad drives or unless it's like really atrocious and it's like, oh man, they need to clean that up. But you know, it's a lot of it's just working out the Kings. It's just like, it's a, it's, it's a little appetizer. It's a little appetizer to get into things like, I tell you what, I love this sport, but man, it fucking sucks how easy it is to get injured in this game. Like it's like preseason for every other sport is just kind of just as fun, honestly. But it's just like here you're like you always have that injury in the back of your mind. Like I don't want to get hurt in preseason no matter what sport. But like football, especially because such a contact sport. It's like, oh, man, like just 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 fall down, just fall down.
0: Speaking of uh rooting for the underdog, I don't know if you've seen anything out of uh Hard Knocks. I think Hard Knocks this year is covering uh the Detroit Lions. Uh, have you seen anything uh out of that camp?
1: No. I okay, uh, I briefly heard about the man, the myth, the legend, um Dan Campbell.
0: Man Campbell. <laughs> His name is Man <laughs> he, Campbell he,
1: Man more Campbell. Than <laughs> you, I saw every every like couple of weeks you hear like a ridiculous crazy story about him he's literally like the like the he's just like the prototypical just like ultimate meathead. chad meathead, <laughs> meathead. <laughs> like um the most i recently saw was that he was doing like i mean he was going hard too like he was doing like um burpees like with the players like and he was like yeah. he was killing it um i didn't see if there was anything recently was there anything he did recently
0: um, he just has funny quotes. He, he teeks and cliches. He's like, "I don't care if you have two legs, one leg, three legs. We're gonna kick your ass." He's just some, some wild shit. It's funny. Uh, talking about the Dolphins because he was a former uh, defensive coach for the Dolphins. Um, he just—it's just funny. Like, I—I I don't know. Was there any like memorable hard knocks that you remember? Or was there a team that you followed? Did Jag- Jaguars had a? Did Jaguars have a hard knocks?
1: We have not had a hard knocks yet. No, had,
0: I'm pretty sure they had what Cowboys. They have recently.
1: They have the Cowboys all the uh, time. They have the base. They've had the Dolphins um, before. The Dolphins. I remember if, it was when David Garrard went over there. I remember that, and they drafted Tannehill yeah. that year.
0: But I mean, um, how do you feel in general? Like, if Hard Docks was covering the Jaguars, are you like, is that super interesting to you the, to trying to see? Oh, like, what yeah,
1: hundred percent. I find I think hard knocks is pretty sick. I love it. I love those like behind the scenes documentary things like I, I just I, I love watching it. Now you're starting to see it like obviously with other sports with Formula One, um, surfing, uh, you know, um, football, obviously. Um, man, there's another big one that does it. I'm drawing a blank, but whatever. Regardless. Um, I Yeah, I think I think it's cool no matter who it is. Uh, I don't it, for this year. Are they separating preseason because I know like last year was the first year they did the full season? Yeah. Um, with the Indianapolis Colts, did they also do preseason with the Indianapolis Colts? Or was it like some other did. team had a preseason yeah. and then another some, team? One, the one Colts time had they the had
0: two. They season. had two teams at a time. I can't remember specifically because I, I, honestly, like
1: the Chargers, the Chargers yeah. Rams, they did it for Los yeah. Angeles. They did yeah. two teams.
0: Yeah. So I mean. To me, I I think it's kind of cool, like you said, for, like, the smaller teams, teams that don't get shine. Like, obviously, for big teams, like, you know, any team, if it's, like, the Kansas City Chiefs or the Green Bay Packers, like, that's going to be huge. Those are already huge market teams and big teams. So, it's kind of cool that at least they shine on maybe smaller teams, teams that are trying to grow. You know, they have a story to tell. Like, they have, like, an underdog kind of root for them, whatever. Um, But the Lions in general, I I think it's kind of funny. Like, man, Campbell, he just saw all the cliches. He's a meathead kind (laughs) of guy.
1: So, so they're doing the – preseason all the way to the end of the season.
0: I, I believe so. I'm uh, let me uh, let me look it up so I can, you know, get my facts. Yeah. Read. But um, I believe so, but I just want to bring <clears throat> up like, you know, I, I, I don't know. To me, like I said, preseason like preseason is not that interesting to me. I don't want people to get hurt. Get your guy through, get them through training camp, get them, you know, up to speed, but I just want the season to start. You know what I mean? Like preseason I don't give a goddamn. I don't give it's a, just, a goddamn
1: two throws 700 teasing. yards
0: on six <laughs> passes like like I don't care about any of that shit. Um, just don't get hurt. I mean, get your guys. trained.
1: Yeah. I'm glad we're starting to get into the wave where you're seeing more like these like docu series and stuff. And then like, you know, what's also really impressive about it too, is that, um, how quick they're able to pump them out. Like whatever happens that Sunday or that weekend, they got it up like next Thursday. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like such quick turnarounds and that's really impressive. But yeah. Anyways, so what, uh, else you other got? NFL. what else you got?
0: Um, Other NFL news, Uh, Taysom Hill with the Saints. Uh, Taysom Hill has been switched to tight end, it uh, seems, permanently. It seems that Taysom Hill, you know, one of my favorite players. Uh, he said, uh, this isn't necessarily what I want, but it's what's best for the team. Taysom Hill, James do you have any thoughts on Taysom Hall Hill? Future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on Taysom Hill going into the future as a I tight mean, end officially? officially tight he's not going to be a uh what are those uh flex utility guys in fantasy
1: no i'm no i think it's stupid like why why lock him in just keep him as whatever like at the end of the day he's not going to be a better tight end than people who've been playing tight end their whole life he's a great player he's a great weapon but why just lock him into a tight end and then from a fantasy? Fantasy perspective—that's great. Obviously, like he's going to put up more points because he's going to actually be rushing the ball. You know, he's going to be, you know, getting some. They're still going to throw the ball with him a little bit. Um, I don't like. I don't know. I don't see why. Why do that? Because now he. I don't know. I, I, I like the role that he had. I think him coming out of the backfield was great. I don't see why take up a roster spot for a tight end. Um, Because he's not a primary tight end at the end of the day. But regardless, um, this is just like, you know, wordplay. I'm sure uh, Sean Payton's still going to do it. He's going to do it with them. He's probably just going to see a lot less um actual quarterback roles, yeah. you know. But they're still going to be running the ball. I'm sure he's going to be catching a little bit, like little dunk passes to him in the backfield. But he's not going to be – there's no way you're going to throw him on the line and block. Like, nah, he's <laughs> – like, He's not going to be an official tight end. We saw what happened with Tim Tebow. <laughs> he's just going to get like when yeah, he gets, he, mean, him in the trenches. He's going to get worked, man. Like,
0: yeah, I like Taysom Hill. Uh, I think this is fine. Like it's kind of what we expected. Like, I don't think he's like the greatest quarterback there is, but I think it's important to like, you know, he's a really good player. He plays on all side, right? He plays running back. He can play slot receiver. He can play tight end. Uh, he's on the punt return team on defense and offense. Um, so like, Get, just get rid of that quarterback responsibility, right? You need quarterbacks and, and you know, watching tape and and studying, you know, studying film and, and getting reps, which, you know, I mean, that takes away reps. If you're doing what you're tight end, you're like, how, how does that work in practice? Like, what are you what are you doing specifically?
1: Just be an, like, an offensive weapon. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Um, I think it's fine. Like, we all know he has a skill set in his back pocket. You know what I mean? Um so, and it's it's peripheral. There's like a lot of, you know, I think of Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was a quarterback in college, uh, and he became, you know, a wide receiver. Um, so, it's fine to have that in your back pocket, but I think giving him the assignment of like, okay, you're just going to do offense, tight end. Like, he's a big body. He's fast. Uh, he plays well. He's fun. I don't know. He's fun to watch. He's one of the guys that I root for. Uh, watching like i don't have a lot of no
1: yeah there. i mean he's gonna look at it from a different perspective as well for sure i just think like calling him a tight end like he's i think he's gonna do the same thing he's always done and i don't think you need to call him a tight end for that like it's like the the only time he ever threw the ball was like when drew Brees was out and then last year but like when drew Brees was like playing well and was starting every game just keep him in that same role you know what i mean like i, I felt like that's where he excelled like trying to call him a tight end or him trying to train as a tight end. It's just, I don't think it's going to necessarily, I don't think it really means anything like just have them be an offensive weapon or if, they need to find some sort of like unofficial naming for like flex role or something like that. Since that's becoming so popular nowadays. I mean, even look at Debo Samuel, like taking runs out of the backfield, Cordell Patterson, like, like these flex roles, like just call them that, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, that's neither here or there. It's not that big of a deal. Like, but It's just one of those things, I would say.
0: Um, and other obviously the biggest news of summer, still have to talk about uh, Deshaun Watson and the Browns. I think they announced, uh, I saw something that they announced that he's going to play all the preseason games. Any, any preseason game he's going to start, he's going to yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, uh, Roger Cardell came out uh, the, for an appeal. Uh, for the special, they have on Tuesday's special league meeting, I mean, in a- Minneapolis. Um, so, uh, where's the quote? I gotta get Roger Goodell here. Um, Here's a quote by Roger Goodell. He says, uh, it was very clear about the evidence uh the disciplinary officer Sue Robinson uh, and should we should we enforce the evidence? There was multiple violations here and there's an egregious uh, behavior and it was predatory. Uh, the things that Always felt or important to us to address in a responsible way. So obviously, Roger Goodell seeking for more. I think he got what six games? Was it four games? Six games. Roger Goodell seeking more. He wants six to play games, in the year, which is what we kind of talked about earlier. Uh, Julian, how do you feel about this? Is this uh, Goodell just saving face, or does he actually? Do you think he actually cares about like how long uh, Deshaun Watson suspended?
1: I don't think he actually cares. I think it's all PR. I mean, we all know like and the, a lot of these players get away with a lot of shit. But now with like how society has been recently, it's like, you know, like NFL has to save face and like kind of be uh, have be more PR driven. I don't think Roger Goodell cares. Like at the end of the day, it's like I, I believe that if there was no PR aspect, he'd be like, all right. So you weren't charged with anything. You're not going to jail. All right. You could play. You know what I mean? Like that. that's what I think would would happen if there wasn't such a PR perspective. But, you know, I was thinking about it over the past week and I was like, you know, what makes this so crazy is that he got six games is meanwhile, Calvin Ridley legally betted on a sports game and he got the whole season.
0: Yeah.
1: Like that. that, that the, Dol- shows you- the dolphins talked to, Oh, speaking of that, we never brought that up, but maybe we can talk about that later, go into further detail about it. But like the dolphins talked to Tom Brady and they got missing draft picks find like millions of dollars for for just talking. Cause it's tampering, whatever. But meanwhile, you know, this guy does what he does and he gets six games. Yeah. He, he got two, two, he don't think, think about it. He only got two more games than Tom Brady who had a deflated ball. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I kind of expected this, right? Because I think I heard all along that, that Roger Goodell was, was upset. Well, he want, he was been looking for a year. I think that's what they recommended uh, was a whole season, season and a half. Um, so, and you know, just to you know reiterate what this the review was by the special uh, committee or this uh, the special judge that they had, uh, the Players Union and the NFL got together. They only reviewed five cases. So, uh, legally, I guess, civilly. Uh, he's been accused, what, 23, 22, 23 times? Or t- by t- at least 24 women. Like
1: 24 out. recently. Because yeah. remember, he was 23 for a while. And then, like, the past like, couple months, like, four more came out. So like that.
0: Uh, so the case, the case that they reviewed was actually only five cases. They only reviewed five uh, cases of the 22 women that got accused. So, and of those five cases, they gave him six games. So what is that, one, one game per, per case? So I, I think it was pretty ridiculous. Um, I think Rockstar Goodell actually cares about this. Like, I think he, you know, him being the commissioner, him being empowered by the owners, I think he's going to bring down the hammer. I think the year is going to happen. The year suspense is going to happen. Now, you say, oh, well, he sat out a year before. Well, he wasn't really punished. Like, there was nothing. There was just allegations, and they weren't doing anything right. They are letting the process They just weren't the playing. Process he did, Well,
1: he, he really just held out. Like, that's really that's, what it was. I think he actually... Could play. He was on the bench, I think. He was on the bench. He like he was at the game. He, he just practicing. didn't dress. He just yeah. He's,
0: so And it was so, really
1: because he was holding out.
0: So they say, you know, that's not an official, you know, come from the league. Like whatever. You volunteered to fucking sit out, that's on you, I guess. Maybe you should have played. Got some reps in. Um but uh I I this is what kind of what I heard about like that Roger doesn't want to come down hard on him and you know, him appealing. We'll see the results of it. Anyways, but like I said, he's still Due to practice, I heard an announcement they're gonna they're gonna play him in the preseason. He's gonna play. Yeah, he's gonna play games.
1: against the Jags.
0: Um, so uh, see that. we'll we'll see. You know, going further about this news, I'm sure it's gonna until this season actually starts. I'm sure Deshaun's gonna be a topic every week that we'll have. Um, but we'll try to bring you updates as it comes. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. I did to go back, I because we never we completely missed this. Um, I did want to get your reactions on this about the Dolphins tampering scandal. We never got like got to that, and I just reminded me about it. So to recap everything that happened, the Miami Dolphins were tampering with Tom Brady. Um, Tom Brady was still a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that is against NFL rules to tamper and talk to other players while teams are while players are still signed with a certain team. Um, so the Dolphins were stripped of two draft picks. They were forced to relinquish a first round 2023 draft pick and a third round 2024 uh draft pick. And then Steven Ross, the owner, was gonna is gonna be suspended until October 17th, which I'm not sure what suspending an owner really does.
0: <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and he uh and handed a $1.5 million fine. For his part in tampering. So to him, that's like chump change, basically. But uh, I think the biggest part of this is losing a first-round draft pick. That is huge. That is huge. Um, and a, a third-rounder in 2024. Um, Do the Dolphins still currently have multiple draft picks coming up this year? Or did they trade I- them when they moved up?
0: I don't know. I think they traded. More, oh, well, they did have a They did trade when they trade down and they traded back up. Um, I have to see. I have to, I, that's something I have to look up. I, I can't remember exactly what what they have. Obviously if they have a first round for next year. It's not even going to matter. If I was just going to skip over that. So, it it's says, the, it it's says, um, skip card.
1: here's another thing. Um, Ross denied virtually everything and seemed outraged that his organization is being found guilty for tampering, but he's lucky the league's investigation gave him a pass on what could have made the NFL force him to sell the team. Um so I guess on to an extent the NFL could have forced him to sell the team, but obviously that's not gonna go over well. So I mean oh, and he's
0: what, what you failed to do is the the thing about him being accused of uh, uh you know paying or uh, trying to pay uh Brian uh fuck what's his last name I can't
1: remember. Brian Flores.
0: Brian Flores um, where he was saying he'll he'll pay him hundred thousand dollars to lose or whatever. It was like every game that you lose will tank to get uh, a draft pick or whatever. And NFL didn't like that because now and they're in the still take
1: the wrong one.
0: The NFL didn't like that because <laughs> now they're in the betting game, and you know you can't be tanking tanking for Tua uh, while there's lots of money involved. And they're like, oh no, he was just joking. It was just uh, he was just trying to tell, ha ha, ki 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 ki, joke joke joke. Ha ha ha
1: ha ha! Gotcha, gotcha! It, NFL, is this a joke. It, I think it's that's pretty crazy. Funny. Man. It's, it's pretty fun. Like, so like that's what I was saying. Like, that I mean, don't get me wrong. Tampering is 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 like I they take it very seriously in the NFL, which is kind of wild to me because like, as somebody who like I mean I get it, I get why they do it, but like as somebody who watches like world football like in like world soccer like I do like shit like that happens all the time and it's perfectly fine. Like play, like there's players that sign for teams before their contracts up. So they got like a whole, like, like you'll see, like, for example, Toronto signed an Italian player in January, but his, he can't play until July because he still has to finish out his contract. You know what I mean? But um, obviously the NFL is one entity, you know, they're not separate entities like that. Um every every team's a franchise, but it is it is kinda crazy how uh serious Again, they took that and the sports betting, but then you know.
0: <laughs> Again, Ridley got a whole year. He bet on his team. He bet on his own team legally, in the state <laughs> that he was allowed to. Bet on his own team got a whole year. And yeah, wasn't even it wasn't even like lost. he
1: bet on the other team. Like he had like <laughs>
0: like Stephen (laughs) Ross, you know, offers one hundred thousand dollars per game loss, and you know, pop out a little. Hey, you can't, you can't come till October eighth or whatever the fuck. I don't know whatever dumb shit. Yeah,
1: that's so that's that's such a like you're on a suspended owner. Like I don't see what that does anything. Like owners don't even show up to the games half the time, regardless.
0: The hypocrisy of this democracy. Anyways, let's go off. uh, Let's talk about the the NBA real quick because the biggest news still is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came out again this week. He came out to his owner, Joe and said uh, that he does not have faith in the Nets' direction. Uh, There was a meeting uh, that they had with the, uh, KD had with the owner. Uh, They said it was transparent and professional. uh, And with a clear, clear message, keep me or the GM and the coach. You cannot have both. So KD still a domino to fall. I feel like he's the biggest whale, even though he has four years left of his contract in Brooklyn. Um, how do you feel about this, Julian? Is he still p- posing? You do I, you actually believe KD when he says that he wants to get out of here? You he said at the beginning of the summer before free free agency. Now he said it again. He said apparently I had this meeting with the owner and said it again right to his face. So Julian, is, is KD for real? Do you think Katie's can still be in it?
1: Um. Well, yeah. One, I think he's for real. Like I think he clearly wants to leave. We've seen it in his past. Like when he wants to go, he does. He throws his tantrums to go to the best team possible. Um. Will he still be a net? Yes, I think he will be. I think the nets have all the leverage in the world. I think Katie, if Katie had actual leverage, he wouldn't go and sit down with the team and like, say like it's either me or the GM or the coach. He clearly doesn't have leverage. Um, Nobody's going to have the compensation to trade for him. Um, And then even if a team was to, that team's going to get worse because of all the compensation they had to give up. So I, I think he's stuck unless he sits out. Which, like we've talked about this last week, I don't see why you sit out because the team can still make the playoffs. Maybe you're n- not a home run title to can- contender like you thought you were when Harden went over there. But I mean, it seems like Kyrie's coming back. Um, maybe Ben Simmons with a change of scenery can play well. Who knows about that? But I mean, you still have a team that could potentially make the playoffs, and you could possibly get out of the first round and he's getting at an age where it's like, do you really want to skip a year? You know what I mean? So what this does speak to me is like, he vouched for Steve Nash and it sounds like he wants Steve Nash out. After um, him and the whole team were vouching for Steve Nash after the, obviously the ridiculous Stephen a comments that were made. Like what was it last year or something like that?
0: So I, I think it's pretty crazy. Like he put kind of put himself in the situation. Obviously, he it seemed like him and KD were uh, excuse me, KD and Kyrie were running the whole damn program. Uh, like you said, they they got the coach they wanted. They it was suggested Steve Nash uh, apparently came available after retirement, and that's the coach they wanted. They got their guy. They got they trade made all these trades for uh, uh, for Harden. They got their guy. They they started their big three. Uh, come to the season, they don't play actually vaccinations. They don't play all together. They play like a, a total of like twelve games, fourteen games all together on the same floor. Some like not even they even play a lot together. So it, it's kind of weird. This is all KD's construction with Kyrie. You signed the extension for four more years, and you're not happy. It's like like what are you doing? They're like you're running like the whole growing- damn show, and now you're not happy with the show. Like,
1: and you you knew who everybody knew who Kyrie was. When he, before he went to the Nets. We all knew who he was. There's always a question if he really loved the game, if he was going to really show up. James Harden, he's always been kind of a guy where he's just kind of, he's got all the talent in the world and he's so talented and he can show up when he wants to, but you always question his seriousness about it. And when we talked about last week with him resigning with the Sixers, it seems like, yeah, okay, he's getting like really serious about this. So like to me, it's like... It, yeah, you got to live with what you dealt with and now you don't like it and you you want them to get you out of it. Like, I mean, you didn't see LeBron complaining when he went to the Lakers and that team didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, he complained, but not like to the, he wasn't like requesting trades or anything immediately. Like he dealt with it. He knew what he signed up for and he sticked with it. And he still did even this year with them not even making the play-in game. Did they make, no, they didn't make the play-in game. So it's just like, and, and that's coming from a LeBron hater. Like I'm not a big LeBron fan. I'm not, a, I wouldn't even call myself a hater. I'm just not a big LeBron fan. I think people, whatever, but yeah, I mean, you, like you can't, why can't you bring people to you? Like I, if you're one of the best players in the world, like you should be, people should want to be able to play with you and like, I don't know if it's the GM not taking his suggestions. Maybe that's why he's upset with the GM and like Steve Nash. Maybe like he wants certain people and wants them to sign and trade for people, but they're not doing it or what? I don't know. There, there could be yeah. something deeper. Like maybe he is being outspoken. Like, Hey, we want these people here. We want these people here, but they're not doing it. So he's like, all right, whatever. Like you guys are not going to do like, give me like better help than I want out. But yeah. Like I said, Nets have all leverage though. So what are they going to do?
0: The Nets do so have all leverage. Is he gonna do? As and you know, it's crazy. Like I said, we talked about earlier this summer how you know, the Rudy Gobert trade kind of set the standard. And I don't think there's any teams out there that can meet. If they like straight up. I don't think they can straight up meet what the Nets need or what they're going to ask for for KD. You know, four years, four or three, four more years of of KD. Um, you know, the teams my, think they can need,
1: win without him. Like I yeah. think a lot of the teams like that are competitive, like contenders. They believe they can win without him, and that's not super great for his, uh, you know, straight value.
0: Ben Simmons, next man up. <laughs>
1: <Good luck laughs> that. Ben Simmons is going hey, I'll, I'll make a bet right now. Ben Simmons plays in Europe within the next five years.
0: Wow. Well, five years <laughs> Do it tighter. I say the next
1: three 20. years.
0: Next one year. That's yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> he's going to be playing uh, in Europe. A, my take is a little bit hotter. The next one year, he'll be playing in Europe.
1: So you think next Australia. year, he's going to be playing in Europe or Australia? Europe or
0: Australia. Those are different continents. <laughs> or
1: Africa or something.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's kind of weird. Uh, You know, as far as the Miami Heat, my Miami Heat, uh, it seems like they're trying to straight, straight up. Like they said, you know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are, there there are no goes, no no deals. So um
1: and And that's what they would have to give up that yeah. to get a KD, you know. And that's
0: what I'm saying. Like I don't think there's any suitors. As even though KD, who's the mastermind of all this, says, I wanna go to the Suns or I wanna go to Miami, I don't think Miami can match uh whatever they're asking for. You know, the, the Nets gonna have to be desperate. So for in order in order for KD to move, he's gonna have to get like it's gonna have to get really good. Like he's gonna have to just like not show like literally not show up for work, not show up to practice, not show up for work. Um, and they're gonna have to suffer. I don't know. The Brooklyn's gonna have to suffer like hard enough where the fans are like just get rid of him, like give him give him up for a goddamn ham sandwich or something. But I don't think that's gonna happen because I don't think the Nets are gonna empower the. They're not gonna trade with the Miami Heat to empower the Heat to beat them in the same conference. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think as time goes on. Without a third team, without Miami Heat getting a third team possibly to to mix and match with the trades, I think uh, Miami Heat tra- trading straight up for KD is not going to happen. So KD, yeah. I think if he gets get traded, it's probably most likely to a Western Conference team. Like it's, I don't think he's going to be traded within within the conference. Like no way. Why would why would the Nets do that and get nothing? No.
1: And then have to go up against them directly. <laughs> like yeah. um, um, I, I did I ask, want to ask. So like. So- did like Donna, did the whole Donovan Mitchell Bradley Beale like trade hype die down pretty much? Is that like pretty much like
0: Well yeah, when Bradley Beale re-signed, he's still on the fucking Yeah, but I heard
1: he been was been even at, even though he re-signed, he was still on the market, supposedly.
0: Uh, he was, I believe. Yeah, he wasn't on the market. Like
1: he, re-sign, he re-signed, he but he was still willing to be traded. Yeah. Need. Um,
0: be. but I think he's gonna stay there. Like he's gonna get paid too much. People like him there. He apparently he likes it there, so Bradley oh, why? Beal, man that team off the table. sucks. I don't know. Also, I would love uh, to see
1: a Bradley Bill in Miami and same with the Donovan. Like those two players seem like such a perfect fit down here. I don't know why he stays in Washington. They gave him help one time for not even one time, half a season. Like they gave him help a half a season or no. Did, did Westbrook play the whole season there? He
0: played the whole, I think he played the whole season there. He was a
1: Washington. Okay. So he, okay yeah. So pff, they gave him a, a help for one season. Like,
0: <laughs> um, also, you bring up Donovan Mitchell. It's funny because, you know, all these guys, they play in the offseason. I think uh, I saw highlights of, like, Giannis. Uh, he's playing for Greece. It was, uh, he was playing in, some, in the Europe League uh, for Greece. Had a big dunk, big highlight, whatever. Um, but, you know, these guys play in the offseason. You bring up Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell was in the Miami League uh, that they have going on in the summertime. And lots of uh, Miami chants going on. And he was just kind of staring, like, blankly and then kind of smiled, a little smirk, like a little this this Miami. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of weird. Uh, I think something like that, Donovan Mitchell would be more likely to come to Miami than but
1: has that than died a, down. I feel like it's KD. died I think KD,
0: down. I think KD. I think KD. ever, ever, and the longer this goes without like a third team or without some crazy, like five team trade, I think Katie's going to end up being a net, and he's going to have to decide whether he wants to show up for work or not. You know what I mean? That That's going to be up to him as we get closer to the season.
1: But well, I'm, I'm looking at some recent enough. articles. It looks like um there could possibly like there there's st- it's still getting heating up with Donovan Mitchell going to the heat. Um they're talk the most recent one I'm seeing is like a a like a multi-team trade package with like the jazz, the heat, and um who else is it?
0: But that, and I can't that's that's another thing. Because isn't uh, the guy who played for – it's not McHale. Who's the – Oh,
1: Knicks, too. Oh, the Knicks? That's what it's saying. I don't know. Obviously, who knows how trustworthy this is. But, I mean, regardless, um, I don't know, man. It's kind of late. Like, I think they're going to start the season with them. Um, I think they'll start the season – but I wouldn't see I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the move during trade right before trade deadline. Yeah, because uh, we'll see.
0: And we'll I see think once forward. the
1: because because, you know, right now, everybody's like, all right, let's I think right now we're at the point where everybody's like, let's wait and see when the season starts. See who the contenders are. see you see where you're seating. What's it going to look like? You know, if the Heat feel like the the Celtics are just on a on a roll like and they need that extra firepower then maybe you do that trade. You give up Tyler Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson and whoever else you can throw in there to
0: get I yeah, They love, love them in Utah. They love Utah, love the white boys. Um, <laughs>
1: John Stockton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and other news, I, I just want to bring this up real quick. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of interesting to me. Uh, NBA started a, a podcast uh, to celebrate fashion and off-the-court topics with uh, the NBA players. I don't know if you heard or saw anything about this. Um, no. I had some interesting thoughts uh, about it, what do you think about the NBA starting a fashion podcast? Like, why would you start a, like an official NBA podcast? Do you have any idea? Is this does it sound interesting to you? G? Um,
1: I mean, I I probably won't listen to it, but I mean, if they feel like it's a way to like reach more people and and whatnot, like, then yeah, I mean, it just seems like NBA is just linking themselves to like you know sneaker culture and like fashion culture that's like so hype right now and they're just trying to like get their foot in it you know what i mean like take advantage of the players that they have obviously sneaker cultures comes from basketball attire so it's like i i mean it's cool it's smart smart marketing move like so i mean that's how i look at it it's a it's a it's a marketing move and it's it's smart and then you're gonna get you know like you're gonna cross-pollinate that demographic so why not
0: yeah, I, I, the, the reason why I bring up the story, because I think it's interesting that it's really, I think you think about, oh, some major sports league is going to make a fashion podcast. Um, I think the NBA is probably the most likely, right? Because I think the NBA celebrates the individual player better, right? Uh, I saw this a little bit with the MLB over the All-Star Weekend. They had like a whole red carpet thing and they had these guys come out. Um, you know, they showed Sandy Alcantara with Jazz Chisholm. Boy. Uh, they you know they show, put them on the red carpet. They're taking pictures. They're always fashion like, oh, what's your swag? Let's talk about your chain, whatever. So it's interesting to see like the individual individual personalities in that aspect. But that's really for the All Star Weekend, right? We're trying to celebrate baseball and all the great players. Uh, you know, for that half of the year. So, um, and the NBA is like uniquely positioned to to do that for its players because they do that a lot. Like you see the players walk in and they're all wearing their fashion, and it's always a big thing on Twitter. Like everybody's talking, about, oh, look at this, his shoes or Fucking Ben Simmons is goofy. He looks like he's wearing a goddamn throw rag or some shit. Um, yeah. So they they the NBA throw rag. I, I think it's, they're the most unique league. Maybe maybe MLS could do something like that because you know if you have more international players. That would be interesting to see something like that, like a fashion podcast, whatever. Is because I think the NBA, especially, is more friendly to like I said, exposing the individual players. You get you get your guys that you get to root for, right? Like I said. MLS could I that could possibly be a league where it happens, but like I don't see this happening in NFL or, or baseball really. Um uh maybe nah, those, two, they show... the,
1: those two leagues are too old heads. Like they, yeah. they're too stuck in their ways, like NFL and especially MLB. Um like I said, I think it's I think it's a smart future move too. Because like, I think a lot of traditional sports are starting to understand that there's a lot of competition out there. For young people to get young, young eyeballs. There is, there's just a lot, of, a lot of things going on through social media, you know, video games, so on and so forth. And, um, I know a lot of the leagues were, have been pretty stagnant in viewership. And so I think, I think leagues as a whole are going to start kind of figuring out more creative ways to expand their brand out. And like I said, this is a good like test subject to kind of do that. And, um, obviously you're seeing it too. Like, you know, we were talking about like the hard knocks and the sports documentaries, you know, NFL really leaning into that doing full seasons. And then like, we saw it with like formula one and other things like, um, And obviously more leagues are going to want to do that because now you're getting into that traditional movie, television, storytelling route. Like, you know, trying to expand the brand as it is, because I think as of right now, a lot of the leagues are pretty capped and NFL's doing it in their own different way with instead of like they're really focusing on international. They're probably focusing on international more than any other league in the United States. Um, I would love to see basketball really lean into international. I think that could be really cool. Um, but I don't think uh, players are going to really be down for that. But yeah, I, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's a good way to keep on growing that brand and try and try and keep on trying to bring those people in.
0: All right. Speaking of trying to bring people in, let's talk about uh, your sport, Julian. Let's talk about the MLS. Uh, they had a game last night. The, uh, uh, United States uh, played Liga MX, uh, and I didn't watch the All whole Star game. All
1: Star Weekend. I
0: I just I didn't watch the whole game. I just know they like off the rip the uh, the the American team like scored like within like the first two minutes or something. It was pretty crazy. Uh, they have Chicharito who's playing for the All Star, right? For the U.S. Yeah. And uh, Vela. Um,
1: Carlos Vela. A
0: good, uh, a good one-two punch. Uh, uh, Julia, I just want to get your that, because you're our resident. Soccer expert, MLS expert. Uh, Did you see any of this game, any of the highlights? Uh, What are your thoughts of uh, looking like the U.S. is actually competing with uh, the Mexican League?
1: Yeah, so um, I missed the game um, because I was out and about, but I ended up watching the highlights. I watched a good chunk of it. Um, I did watch the skill challenges because it was all-star weekend for MLS. Um, It was being hosted in Minnesota. And um, this is the second year where MLS has partnered with Liga MX to do Liga MX All-Stars versus MLS All-Stars. Prior years, they've always done MLS All-Stars versus name your top five league powerhouse team, whether it be Manchester United, Real Madrid, whatever. They've always done. They did that for a long time. But this year, um, they're furthering continuing that relationship with uh, Liga MX. Um, of combining that partnership and it's 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 a re- it's really smart to do this obviously Liga MX is the most watched league in the United States um when it comes to soccer it is it outperforms the Premier League outperforms La Liga by a lot um so MLS and MLS it outperforms MLS in viewership so they know like you know partner with your neighbor you know what i mean and it's in best interest for Liga MX because Liga MX is in a situation where they're very in a way kind of stagnant. They're uh, a lot of the teams aren't making a lot of money of uh, the, the national teams not performing well. And they're seeing MLS come up on this rise and they notice that like MLS is starting to do things right. They're, they're, they're getting on this. MLS is catching up and they're growing and getting stronger Every season, like, And then we talked about a couple months ago, the Apple deal was absolutely huge. S- sealing that Apple deal, it's going to bring more money to the MLS and more teams can spend. And for a long time, there was this huge disparity between League MX and MLS. League MX had way more money. They had higher profile players and MLS. They just couldn't play their players that much due to their salary cap restrictions and just like the overall like viewership and the revenue of the league. But throughout those years, MLS has been slowly reaching, slowly reaching. And it's to about the same point as Liga MX. And Liga MX is noticing that and they don't want to eventually be surpassed by MLS. So they're starting to copy some of that formula. Cause <clears throat> I know I'm kind of digging a little deep, but I think it gives a little backstory. Um the MLS, what they've been excelling at recently over the past, like, let's say five, six years, is bringing in talent, super young, performing them really well, and then exporting them out to Europe. So these 18, 19, 20-year-olds who are playing really well in the academies, boom, send them right over there. Get, let them develop in these top academies in the world. Let them develop. Well, this is going to eventually come back and help. The US national team. And if the US national team does really well, obviously it's going to help support the domestic league. So Liga MX is seeing this because what Liga MX did for a long time, all their top talent, they would keep them in this domestic league. But it, it hurts. It stunted Mexico's growth, which is why Mexico has never really been super competitive in a World Cup is because even though they have a massive talent pool with the population that they have in a soccer loving culture, they've been stuck because they keep their talent in. They're not exporting it out to some of the top leagues in the world. So um, they looked at it as like a graduation process. Like you had to do well in league MX before you, we sent you off to Europe versus us, USA we're here in the MLS Academy. It's like, all right, you playing well, let's we'll ship you off 19 years old, 20 years old, ship them off over there. Go play in the- so and we're starting to see those effects. And then MLS growing in attendance, getting more money. You're starting to see a little bit more of a loving playing field and League MX and the New Mexico as a whole has just been taking absolute L's, you know, losing um the Gold Cup, uh losing to the USA in the qualifiers, um, uh MLS beating them twice. It, it it's just like uh US winning in Nash Nations League. So it's just a continued partnership that's going to do well. MLS won their first CONCACAF Champions League, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. So it's, it's really interesting. It's really cool to see such a growth. And I think that's why I love the MLS so much. It's like every other league, man, we're the best at it. We're the best at baseball. We're the best at basketball. We're the best at football. You know, even on the national stage, we're the best at it. It's the one sport where we kind of feel like the underdog. And you see us, like, slowly chipping away at the big dog. Like, you know, it, it's it's really cool to see. And obviously, next year, they're going to start the new Leagues Cup tournament, which is every team in MLS and every team in League MX going to do this March Madness bracket, and the top three go to the Champions League. So it, it's really cool. Um, but, yeah.
0: I just found it interesting that, I, you know, some of the best Mexican players are actually on our team, like on the U.S. team, the MLS team. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, I think I think it was kind of interesting. Like, it's like, who do you root for? If you're, you know, if you're a Mexican fan, like, who do you root for? You root for your, obviously, you root for La Liga. But like, you also they have Mexican players on the team, uh, so I, I think I, yeah, that was, and that's, that's
1: and that's what a lot of Mexican fans were upset about. It's like, like, wow, I, I, the Mexi- the Mexican we have the you, MLS has more Mexican th- this All Star Game MLS had more Mexican players than Liga MX All Stars. A lot of Lee MX all stars come from other places in South America and Central America, so it was like U.S. had more Mexican players than uh, Liga MX, which is, is right. kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Obviously, a lot of those are U.S. born, except for like exceptions like Chicharito and Carlos Vela. Those are guys who you know played in Mexico, and whatnot. But some of these guys here, I mean, they're they're Mexican American born, so you yeah. know they grew up through the system. But I hope you can get into it, Gabe. We'll watch the the playoffs.
0: We'll see, man. I, 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 maybe you know, depending on how good the dollar at the beginning of the season, maybe I watch <laughs> you. you're like, oh, let me let me you watch some My, MLS.
1: Inter Miami is in the heat of a playoff race In a, a 17 no six team playoff race. Everybody's tied from fifth to 11th. It's all same points. And it's the top seven get to the playoffs, so it's a very, very heated, very, very close playoff race right now. So it's pretty entertaining.
0: Uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's talk about some goat. Some goat talk uh, came out this week. Talk. Uh, Serena Williams uh, came out of Vanity Fair, uh, announcing that she's probably going to retire. Uh, I don't think there was a definitive date. Uh, also, retire from tennis to expand her family and focus on her venture capital fund. Calling Vogue. Something's got to give. Um, how do you feel about Serena Williams announcing in her age, her—I don't want to say advanced age, but she's up there. She <laughs> released, <laughs> she's in her. She's she's not forty. She's pushing forty. Uh, announcing her retirement. How do you feel about Serena Williams at this point in time announcing her retirement? Is she the? Goal?
1: It's dude. It's so crazy. Like heard, I don't remember a time where she wasn't playing or I've heard of her not playing. Like as long as I've been alive and I could remember she's always played. Um, so, I mean, I don't blame her. I mean, walk off into the sunset. You have nothing else to prove. You, you've done it all multiple times. You have absolutely, I'm surprised she's even stayed for this long to be honest with you. She could have retired Six years ago and still be the greatest ever. Like, like she was an athletic um, freak who just like was so good. I hate, I don't want to use the word freak because it sounds weird, but like she was, she, she was just so, so much more talented than everybody else. And it's, uh, she, she should go off and like continue business and like raise her family and expand her family and whatnot. Cause yeah, like she she deserves it, you know.
0: Yeah, I I think it's pretty crazy. Like the length of her career, like she is the best. I'm not even a huge like tennis fan, Um, but Serena Williams, like somebody that I grew up with as a kid. Like I remember watching before even Serena came out. I remember watching Venus. Like I don't know if you remember this in elementary school. You used to have a book fair. You have a book fair in elementary school. Yeah, yeah. You go to the library. You bring your measly ten dollars, and you can get. Buy books and posters and shit. When I was growing up, the biggest posters around were Favre, um, uh Shaquille O'Neal, Shaquille O'Neal with Penny, Penny uh, Hardaway, and Venus Williams. Not even Serena, Venus Williams. Um, and Venus is it's kind of crazy because she kind of exceeded to me in my eyes. She kind of exceeded her sister. I think she was way way better than her sister. And oh yeah, I'm trying to think of like what. It's so crazy to have a, like a long career and a so successful career and like who who are your contemporaries, right? Like you can say in tennis for the men, right? It's you always see Federer, you always see Nadal, you're Agassi, you always see like the top guys. There's always like those three or four guys that you always see, always they're always in the championship. It's yeah, always Federer and
1: Nadal for, for my like
0: well, like our for Serena, for Serena, who 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 is her biggest competitor? Like who is her biggest rivalry? Like she dominated so much for so long. It's like I I can't even think. Her sister was probably her biggest rival. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm looking now at the wiki. And sister, they have a, from
1: what from what I understand. I'm not a big tennis guy. I I, do, I don't know much. But from what I re, from what I recall, her sister was only really good for like a c- couple years spanned. Like she's always, and I believe her sister was always like a top ten player in the world. But she was never like. I'm sure, she, like, obviously them as a, as in doubles, like, they dominated in doubles. Um, but in singles, like, her sister was always, like, obviously one of the best in the world. But I don't think she was, like, I don't know how many times she's ever beat Venus. Or how many more, like, grand slams and, like, championships she's has over Venus. I mean, uh, Serena, my bad.
0: Yeah. Well, she's uh has 73 career titles, fifth overall. Jesus uh, Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open. She's won and dominated. Grand Slam. Um, she's the GOAT, man. She's the, one of the greatest of my lifetime. I mean, like I said, I'm not really a super fan, and huge into tennis, but I know Serena Williams. I know that name. I know that she dominated. Kind of like, you know, how everybody thinks of Tiger Woods, how you know he was his prospective kid uh, and, and dominated the sport. Like, that's Serena Williams uh, in my eyes. More than her sister. And her sister, her sister was successful as well, but I don't think she was as successful as Serena.
1: Like I said, I think her sister was always like a top 10 player in the world. I don't know if she was ever like, I don't think she'll ever be deemed as like one of the best ever. I don't really know women's tennis like that. But I do know she was like a competitive athlete in the sport for sure. It wasn't like she was just like there for a couple of years and then she got kicked off the tour or whatever. Like she was always like up there and ranked like pretty high.
0: And by the way, just to clean it up, she is 40. Her birthday is coming up in September, so she'll be 41. So I think, I think it's about the right time to retire, man. She wants to have a family. She just had a – well, she gave birth and gave came back after giving birth uh, to play while she was still, like, you know, had a little pregnancy belly. I think that's incredible. Like, her physically tough, dominant GOAT status. And I, 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 I'm talking about dominant. Not only dominant in her sport, but, like, dominant – who do you think of the dominant people, right? You think of, like, Tom Brady – uh, who are the ultimate winners? Uh, you want to say Derek Jeter's a winner, Michael Jordan's a winner? You got to put Serena's name up there. She's got to be the GOAT. She's got to be the GOAT. Um,
1: oh, yeah, for sure. Right. In her sport. Uh,
0: last Uf- news. UFC? Uh, I don't even want to talk about uh, the UFC 278 is coming up on August 20th in Salt Lake City. Uh, the biggest fight is going to be Usman versus Edwards 2.0. Uh, Julian, how hype are you for this fight? Obviously, we're going to talk about more as we get closer and closer to the week. But I want to talk to you because you're our resident expert. Usman Edwards Too are you hyped you
1: call me? People, are, people in the podcast are going to like look at me and say, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He's no expert. I'm like, dude, I'm not an expert. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a dry spell right now. Um, seems like to be the most uh, intriguing fight to watch again. Um Leon Edwards is good, man. He's good, but Usman is so you can knock off the champ. Like you're not going to be a favorite, and I, I would imagine Usman comes in here, and 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 wins again. Like I, I just, uh, I don't see him losing it for a while. I haven't really seen a guy really match up to him. Um, Even though Edwards is a is a pretty fucking strong dude too. Like so these guys are these guys are no joke like they these guys are physical like freaks like it's going to be a wrestling match for the days it's going to be a boring match for sure
0: well wow, you think I don't know if
1: you okay. I don't know if you stop anything everything to watch it it's it's going to be boring but um I mean it is like probably his toughest competitor in a minute so Yeah, I do like the co-main event with Paulo uh, Paulo Costa and uh, Luke Rockhold. That's going to be a good fight. Um, Looks like Jose Altador is an Altador. Jose um, Aldo is also fighting in the the fight before the co-main event, so that's kind of interesting. So yeah, I might I'm obviously going to like watch this fight a little bit, see how it goes. Um, I'm not expecting much. Like I said, the Paulo Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold one that I think is going to be really entertaining to watch. But the Usman fight and Leon Edwards, they're both great fighters, but just due to how they fight, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty boring. Like my guess.
0: Ah, man, I think uh, Usman turned a corner, man. I think he showed his last couple of fights, winning the belt, like he can stand up and fight as well. It's not just going to be a boring grab and stop your feet, stop your toes kind of fight. I think he's kind of turned a corner and, and, you know, you know, any 2.0, everybody's going to watch. Uh so I, I'm kind of interested in the fight. This is one, one of the most interesting fights uh, of recent, besides the Pena uh, Nunez fight that that happened. Um, By
1: the way, you want to know the last time they fought each other? It yeah. was a very because I saw two. I'm like, damn! When did the hell did they fight each other before? Like I I I've, I never heard of them fighting. They last fought in December 2015 in Orlando, and uh, he lost to Usman in decision. So that was seven years, six and a half years ago. So I was like, Leon, Edward Usman, too. Like, when did he fight him? I was like, I get, you still got to count it, even though it was like so long ago.
0: I, th- I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, as we get closer, obviously, it's, it's going on 20th. Don't get me wrong. So, I'm uh, watching
1: it. Like, I'm, I'm watch. I think it's the toughest competitor yet. But just due to how these guys fight, I don't see them standing up for very long. It's not going to be a striking match.
0: Speaking of striking... We're gonna strike down this podcast. We're gonna just punch it down because I think we locked it out this week. Uh, hopefully, we'll have JoJo on next week. We'll talk more MLB. Again, we'll bring you more news on the NFL as we close, close, and close to preseason. MLS, baseball, soccer, all the sports. We'll play. We will co- we'll cover. We'll cover. Slam slam ball after this
1: podcast. Ball. We're, we're gonna do a slam ball. Pick your team. <laughs>
0: like. By the way, are we? we getting. We're getting. We got this team organized, right? Our fantasy team. This is just a side note. It's not oh yeah. Fantasy. All right. We're getting our fantasy teams. Uh, so, you know, as we get closer and closer to the season. Uh, we'll
1: we'll have, go over our lineups once we on the podcast, once we uh, do the draft and everything.
0: But we appreciate all the downloads. Julian, tell, tell them where they can find the podcast.
1: You can find the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast. um I don't know where else. uh YouTube. Uh, YouTube uh, podcast, if that's a thing, I, literally anywhere, anywhere, Stitcher. Um, and then all the social medias, of course, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Appreciate all the love on YouTube with those subscriptions. Um, same thing with all the followers on Twitter and not Twitter. Um, well, Twitter too. If we got any new one, Gabe's in charge of that one. So I don't know, but Facebook and Instagram doing well, doing good, doing good. But uh, yeah, guys appreciate all the love.
0: All the love and all the hate too. We appreciate all those comments. You can <laughs> write down because trust me, when when you guys leave a hateful comment about, especially with some shit, it's that I funny, said, dumb shit. I said Julian is all it. <laughs> Julian has sent it to me. He's still in the whole group. He's like, look at this shit. He's like, oh game, they're getting in that ass. Maybe look at this, how you can <laughs> respond? Cheeks. So. so, anyways, we appreciate all the love, all the hate, all the descriptions, likes. Thank you for the downloads. We appreciate y'all checking out. Check us out next week. We'll be t- talking more NFL, more MLB. MLS, all the news, all the sports right here at Real Fans Podcast. We'll see you next week.